Hello, my name is Mike Hodgson. I'm the CEO of Sarabi Gold, and I'm joining you today on May the 10th from the One to One Mining Conference here in the city. And uh, glad to be with you. Um, Mike, thanks for joining. It's been a while since we spoke. Um, One to One Conference uh, back in London. The sun is shining. Are investors showing up? Yes, it's uh, it's it's pretty full. And we've uh, we're in day two of our two day conference, and we've had a pretty much a full card both days. So we're we're talk we're our last ones at five o'clock tonight. So it's. I've got a window to speak to you. So great. Good, man. Well, I appreciate making time for us. That's very kind. Um, look, like I say, it's been a while since we spoke. Um, and a few things that have um, gone on and you've been doing in the background. But I think that the, the big news of the day is um, a JV, effectively, with Valley. They're coming into your Polito project. Tell us a little bit about that deal. Well, as you know, I alluded to this in when I last saw you here, actually, in November. And uh, it's it's great. I mean, look, I see Valley as the, they're the real deal. I mean, they're, they're the... They're a company of huge stature in the world, in Brazil particularly. They know Brazil inside out. Uh, massive endorsement for our address, our exploration potential, and what the company is doing in Brazil and the way we're conducting our business. So wonderful news. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, the lawyers got hold of it and it took a bit of time to get the, the agreement over the line after the technical people had solved everything within sort of, um, you know, a few days. But uh, anyway, this it, it, it has to be like that, unfortunately. So it's taken a bit of time, but great to get it done. And the good thing to do, the important thing to note is we started the drilling. The drilling started uh, about three weeks ago. We've got two rigs turning already, third rig's on its way. Uh, we're drilling the, we've got about six properties in the Polito tenement. Uh, they're of, what we really like about this alliance, this, this marriage, is they're interested in base metal potential. They're not particularly interested in gold. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to be drilling, looking for base metal, copper most predominantly, we're obviously not interested in that so much. We're interested in the gold. So I think the the, the sort of the, the advantage of this deal is there's going to be no conflict. They're looking for big things. We're obviously looking for smaller, medium-sized gold things. So there's not going to be a conflict. So we're they're going to focus 15,000 meters. We're going to drill in nine months. We are furiously going to be exploring uh, over the next sort of nine months. Huge news flow. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to generate a lot of um, uh, obviously targets, hopefully along the way. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, we're really looking forward to it. And of course, you've actually already started drilling there, haven't you? We have. We've got two rigs turning. Uh, we've drilled our first two holes. Very nice visual results already. And the great thing about this deal is with Valley, they are going to reimburse spend or sunk costs already on this program. So uh, we won't be out of pocket. Okay, so so no, no conflict. They're, they're, they're not kind of um, stealing your dinner further down the line. They're after copper. So you are at a conference. There's teas and coffees in the background. Apologies, folks. Um, they're, they're after kind of base metals, copper predominantly, and you know, to get poor freeze costs a lot of money. So in terms of bringing their balance sheet to bear and obviously their endorsement of the project to bear, that's all good news. But in terms of the, the, the deal specifics, it's not just five million bucks going in the ground. They've got some options available to them as well. What, what are they? Yeah. Yeah, so basically this first stage, phase one, they're just going to basically fund an exploration program, $5 million over the next nine months. That's it. When they get to that point, they'll make a yet a proceed or no proceed decision to go to phase two or not. That's when the JV alliance really gets formed. And at that point, they will then drill to take it through to PFS stage, and they'll be uh, funding us a minimum of $2 million per year to do that over a period of a minimum of two years up to five years. And then if they want to go to phase three, which is take it to a bankable feasibility study, they pay an, an additional payment to us of $10 million. And then phase four is basically they acquire the, the rest of the property for a further payment and obviously a residual NSR or 1.5% uh, NPV of the project. 
Um, I don't want to go into huge depth about it. People can read that in the press release. But basically, it's what it's going to do. It's going to generate great news flow and targets for us in the first year. And then after that, it's cash coming into the company, which is going to fund our exploration going forward for obviously a lot of the, I like to use the expression, it's, it's, it's like um, throwing fish back into the sea. I mean, a lot of their, what they're going to generate is going to be meaningful for us, but maybe not so meaningful for them because they're after huge things. Uh, and maybe Matilda will be huge. And therefore, if that does happen, okay, they earn in and we get paid handsomely for it. Okay, and let me, let me second this point about because I think I've seen already a little bit of feedback about people worried about you know what, 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 can, what you're giving away up front um, while the markets are, are difficult as, as they have been. Right? Is so the, the Valet can come in for seventy five percent for five million bucks and get it. They can go up to ninety percent with an additional um, five million. Plus or 1.5 of the NP, NPV of the project, right? So, and it's the project, not the comp- not all of the assets of the company, just that Polito project. Um, you then have the option of selling the remaining 10% to them for 10 million bucks and a 1.5% um, um, net smelter royalty. Yeah? Yes. So that so you that's your option. Yes. You can either hold that last 10% yes. or flip it if you want to. Yes. Okay. So I think that's really important. Really, really important for people to understand. Um, okay, so Valet, great endorsement. Um, the, the, how long was that diligence process of theirs? Because there's something at the end I want to talk to you about, um, which is where I think this kind of endorsement um, element is really, really important. So how long was the DD? Uh, well, it's, uh, I guess, basically from the beginning of the year until now. Uh, they've been, over the next three months, they're the first quarter, essentially. So, you know, they've had their legal counsel look at us as a company, look at the deal, what Sarabi's doing, uh, the way the, our business in Brazil. So, yes, so they've, they've, they've scrutinized us. They've had a good look at us. Okay. Well, do you know what? I was going to leave this to the end, but I'm going to ask you now. Okay, there was an article in The Guardian uh, came out. was 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 less than complimentary about mining generally, as I think this this writer tends to be, but specifically aimed at you, quoted you um, as, well, I think it was you, it was Mr. Hodge, I don't know who that is. Um, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, where, well, that shows how uh, profound it was. Right? Well, I, well, like I say, I think it's, it's, I just want to fact check a, a, a few things with you, if you don't mind, because um, he'd effectively say that you are legally mining in the Amazon rainforest without approvals. So let's start with that big one. That's a big deal. So what do you make of that statement? Well, um, okay. Uh, it's a family show, by the way. Keep it. Uh, you know, it's very. It, it's the mining world faces this all the time. You've got unregulated press out there, um, and therefore, you know, you can try to reason with these people. You can speak to them. You can actually point out. You know, we we did have discussions with them. Our legal counsel did. We put them right on a lot of their accusations and allegations, and yet they still just chose to proceed with an opinion which is wrong. You know, of course we're operating with, within the law. Of course we've got legal license. Of course we're not operating in the indigenous land. It's, it's absurd, their accusations, and yet they, they still print them. Do you think someone like Valley would actually invest in a company that are doing those, those things? Of course they would. I, I don't. That's why I'm asking yeah. you, you know, what, what, why you think they have grounds to write something like that? Was it just a case of this was written before the Valley deal was announced and they, they, they didn't appreciate that? Or are there other motives afoot? Or, you know, do, you know, clearly they have genuine concerns. And I, and I think I think writers like this have a, have a right to hold companies accountable. But 
if you have gone through the processes, then you know you, you're doing things the right way. So, so you, I can sort of understand why people like write these articles, but at the same time, you know, if if you have been through the process, you probably feel that you've gone on the right side of the law, right side of ethics, and the right side of you know your local social license to actually mine. So, how do you feel about well, all of that? Well, it is a fair point. You know, they have got the rights. Uh, but as I say, you know, reasonable people would obviously listen to the explanations. And and yes, I've got no problem with people writing a balanced and fair article. And again, picked up by a broad street, a broad, a broad, broad sheet newspaper in this country. But um, as as I said, you know, we, we, we had several discussions with them and yet they continue to write. Uh, st- I mean, goodness gracious. The headline was a picture Sarabi Gold with a picture of an artisanal garimpo next to it. I mean, it's, it's just it's just appalling manufacturing of, of news that isn't there. I mean, Sarabi Gold is a modern uh, professional organization with underground mines. So they put a great big picture of a disgusting garimpo alongside our name. I mean, it, it, it's just scandalous. Really. What's, what's, a, what's a garimpo for those that don't know? An artisanal mine. Okay. Which is basically, that's the type of mining all over the world that gives mining a bad name because these guys. Now, the interesting point about this article is after it was written, we're in the middle, as you know, of permitting correctly. We've got a, tri- we've got a valid trial mining license and we're operating underneath that. Um, what we've actually, what we do have uh, is, is at the moment we're actually, we've completed an indigenous study which was done at the request of the public prosecutor. So we've followed all of the uh, the requirements uh, of the public prosecutor, and we're, we're doing that at the moment. Having completed the indigenous study, inside that indigenous study, the, the key component of that is for us to actually have a positive consultation with the indigenous communities that are more than ten kilometres from the Karinga project, and that's uh, therefore where uh, that's the legal buffer that's, uh, that's in existence. And you know, without any prompting, those indigenous communities have been very supportive of us. They wrote a letter once that Unearth article came out, and the letter said that they complete. That they said that you, the, the Unearth article claimed they'd had discussions with the indigenous communities. The indigenous community said they most definitely have not, and the article said by the indigenous communities wrote, companies like Sarabi are behaving in a responsible manner. We want the Sarabi project to go forward. What we're angry about is the lack of action by the Brazilian government state and state governments to do anything about the illegal logging and the garimperos, the artisanal miners, and it is they that are destroying the environments and making life difficult for the indigenous communities. So he said, if, if anybody wants to have a go at gold mining in Brazil, why isn't it? Why, are, why aren't such articles being written about those guys? This is an attempt by, I don't really want to get too much into this, but this is an attempt by a left-wing group to brand us as an artisanal miner causing damage in the environment. Very easy, very easy to do, and we're a soft target, and yes, we can't get into a big war of words with these people. I've just said, serious investors investing in Sarabi know that we're bound by legal councils in Brazil, legal council in the UK, we're permitted, and that's all been proof-checked, and they would look at, any serious investor would check the facts and realise that's what we are. If guys want to... People want to believe what unregulated stories uh, on the internet come out, and it's p- people like, you know, the editor of the Guardian want to pick up on it. Well, I can't help that. 
Okay, like fair enough. I don't, I don't want to get too into it. Like, so I don't want it to be a kind of war of words. But you, I, I think for me, seeing Valley come on board, they're clearly a Brazilian company. Uh, know how to operate in, in, in Brazil, and um, you know they're, they're going to pick their partners carefully. Totally. Um, Right. Okay. Um, let, let's stick with some of some, some the, the good news components. It's something you mentioned there. You, you're operating on a trial license and waiting for a f- the full license. I mean, is, is, have you any sense of timing on that? And what, what will the full license allow you to do that you're not uh, able to do at the moment? Okay. Well, we talked in the past about um, it's, it's kind of a bit of an odd situation. I'm sitting here trying to explain this to investors here. And they're sort of they're asking the question, okay, so you're waiting for the, poli- the Coringa operation um, or trial mine today. Uh, we have a license which allows us to actually uh, mine up to 50,000 tons of mineral ore, let's say not gold, ore, so tons of ore, out of that mine per year. Now, that allows us to produce a, a, a reasonable amount, not, not go to full production, nowhere near full production. That's another thing that was said in that article, that we're producing the full production, which is nonsense. Uh, so it's a, small, it's a small amount of production, and it's experimental. So basically, we're evaluating the Coringa deposit, and as you know, over the last... Um, sort of six, 12 months while we've been into the ore body, it's allowed us to actually do test work on the, uh, the ore sorting at Coringa, which we've since found to be fantastic. And it's changed our mindset about what we're going to do at Coringa. We're already trucking high-grade ore from Coringa to the Polito plants where we've actually got capacity. The, ro- the reason we're doing that is because, the, uh, I've explained before, road improvements, paved road now, uh, trucking costs have come right down because the road's paved down. There's an oversupply of trucks. All there is good things. And now, of course, we're looking at we don't really see the need as we had in the BFS of Coringa three years ago and the PEA of uh, three years ago too. We had the, the business plan at Coringa was actually to open up the mine to be a 40, 35, 40,000 ounce producer with a process plant at Coringa, which is going to cost back in the day, back then was like about $25 million, probably with post-COVID inflation. We're probably talking about $35 million. Since that time, we've got underground. We've seen the the the, 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 the amenability to all sorting. We've seen the uh, the road improvements, etc. And the trucking costs coming right down to one gram. All sorting will allow us to actually move the grade from 7 grams coming out the mine to 15 grams on the trucks. You can truck an awful lot of tonnage for $35 million. So we're sitting here today, rather bizarrely, waiting for the... Uh, the various mining agencies to give us our li- uh, our installation license to build the process plant we're now not going to build to get the authorization to build the process plant we're now not going to build and they're studying the environmental impact of a of a plant and tailings which we're now not going to have uh in in the um for the Kringle project so all that when we get that um installation license approved It'll just basically be, I would say, it's almost like a passport to raising money. The big difference for us will be, it'll mean we can change the mining rate. We can scale up the mining. We can move from 50,000 tonnes per annum, or let's say eight to 10,000 ounces per annum, to 30,000 ounces per annum and get, and get the business up to uh, where we need it to be. So the great thing is, not building a plant, much less capital, but it'll basically move our mining licence, our trial mining licence, to a full mining license. That's that's the real game. Okay, so so that, that's that's good news. And what what I'm trying to get from you is like when we first started talking, I think you just you went on a kind of sort of stellar run of it. People's expectations of you after the uh, the, the the acquisition of um, Karinga. 
um, was was high, right? Then you had I, I'm going to go two and a half pretty difficult years, shall we say, or two years certainly very difficult years in terms of COVID, then supply chain issues, then inflationary pressures. You and everyone else, right? So you ended the year last year, you know, uh, in a good like 15, 59 million revenue, and uh, you know, I think I think we talked about. Um, uh, one million um, post-tax um, loss of uh, you know, so it, like no, no, no big shakes, but the all-in sustaining cost, which is the sort of numbers that pe- give people an indication of how things are going. You know, fourteen hundred and seventy bucks. You've got to drive those answers up this year. I mean, your Q one numbers have come out, which I, I think you might, might be worth going over. Um, your costs have come up, um, are out there, and what I guess the market's looking for is like some sense of. Is there, is there growth? Are you going to produce more answers? Is it going to be cheaper? And what are the things that you've done in terms of in the, in the two years that you've been able to do to kind of set you up for success for either later this year or next year? Okay. Well, I did fail to answer one of your questions on the last question, but it is in that question you just asked me. When are we going to get, okay. when are we going to get this license? Well, we anticipate we're going to get it before, sometime during Q3. That's our, that's, that's, that's okay. our hope. What will that allow us to do? Well, the, the, the Coringa is turning out to be a terrific ore body. The payability of it is, is amazing. Uh, we are obviously we have guidance this year of thirty-five thousand ounces, which is going to be about five thousand coming out of Coringa and thirty coming out of Polito. Um, the growth is Coringa. I mean, I think Polito is a steady state of production. It can produce thirty thousand ounces for a long time. We've got a new resource update coming out of Coringa in late June, early July this year. We did a lot of underground meters last year in Polito. We really put some gas back, put some meat back on the bone there. Obviously, we'd obviously mined a lot out of Coring out of Polito during the during the pandemic. Um so we're gonna see a healthy increase on resource numbers there at uh, Polito, which will give borrowers, lenders, investors a lot of confidence on the on the mine plans at Polito. But at Coringa, you know, obviously subject to us getting that L I and therefore increasing our mining rate at Poli- at Coringa. Coringa next year, I don't see why we can't be targeting fifteen to twenty thousand ounces, which means that gr- the group are going to be well into the 40s, mid 40s. That's what I'm aiming for. And the year after, we'll be threatening, we'll be in the high 50s. So, and what we're doing here, our new business plan, without building the process plants at Coringa, but but will not impact on the mining rate and the ounces we produce. We are going to basically fill our process plants up with quality ounces. And by that, I mean, we'll have an all sorter at Polito, we'll have an all sorter at Coringa, and we're going to get more ounces through that process plant by sending higher quality material to the plants, it's a plant constrained operation, 500 tons per day. So if you treat it with 500 tons of say 12 grams or 11 grams and 507, your ounces go up. We can squeeze that plant up to 60,000 ounces. And these ounces will be ounces with a good margin. You know, you talked about, so Q1 this year, um, much improved on any quarter in 2022. You know, we did over 8,000 ounces and our ASIC came down to the 1400s. And obviously we are enjoying a much better gold price. We've been generating, I suppose, the last two months, something like about uh, half a million dollars free cash flow. And we're funding Coringa out of that, albeit at a modest rate, but we're funding Coringa out of that, you know? So, you know, that's 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 really important. If gold goes back to 1600 and the REI goes back below five, okay, it's gonna be really tough. But, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. So we are enjoying a moment. You know, we are, our ASIC is low because in the COVID years, we only did 32,000 ounces. If you go back before COVID, we were doing 40,000 ounces and the ASIC was very acceptable. That's where we're going back to. And then we're going to go, we're going to surpass that. 
and therefore people are going to see our ASIC coming down to a, you know, we have a, we have high fixed costs because we're a camp. So we, we, we have to feed everybody. We actually have to accommodate everybody. We're never going to be a super cheap uh, producer in that sense. But, you know, the quality of our ounces means we can have a good margin. So it's all about spreading your GNA over more ounces, and that's what Coringa brings. Okay, well, t- tell me about the balance sheet because obviously, you know, gold, gold price over two thousand bucks has been like that for a couple, you know, a couple of months now. It, it, I know that's not long, but it, it's it's better than nothing. If gold can t- continue to sustain those sorts of prices, producers will start to benefit. I notice your your, your cash um, available on hand is up. Um, to 13 million but you've also done things like you, you've got a loan payable um now-ish uh you've gone and secured a loan with Santander for about five million bucks how do you manage your ca- increased cash flows obviously you told us about how you hope to increase the the, the grade going through the mill and, and therefore the ounces coming out I mean it's a real balancing act all, all of this and you're still not quite there in terms of having a tidy balance sheet so what are you doing about it? Okay, well, we 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 took on a we took on a credit line last year with Itaú Bank for five million dollars, which we never touched. It was like a just an insurance policy, so that gets paid off at the end of May this month, which will take our cash, which is currently sitting about thirteen down to well, fourteen down to about nine. That's it. So we're then sitting with nine. If you know if prices stay where they are today, we're probably going to be and funding Coringa at the moment while we're in this period of let's say waiting for the permits, etc. We can hold our own and not really run our cash down, but we will have the $5 million to pay in June 2024. That said, you know, as we ramp up our ounces um, in the, in, towards the end of this year and going into next year, we're pretty confident we can pay that cash flow. Uh, out of cash flow, we can actually settle that debt. But I would say the moment we get the LI, we'll be look, we will hope that the value agreement that we've just done, the results that are going to come flowing from that, the new resource update we're going to get at Coring- uh, Polito in, let's say, June, July, and then finally getting the permit at Coringa, we're going to see, hopefully, a pretty decent price recovery. Uh, and then with that LI, obviously, we'll be going out to find a bit of a, a bit, some, some funding to accelerate that expansion of Coringa. And that's underground development. That's the real critical point. Putting in the ore sorter, putting in the crushing plant. We've already got the crushing plant, the all sorter. We've got on deposit. They're not big numbers, really. Uh, what we need to do is accelerate the underground development. And because and, uh, at the moment, we're doing it in a modest way out of our cash flow. But obviously, to get to the 60,000 ounces in three years or two and a half years' time, we need to accelerate that. And that's what we would, hopefully, that would come with the LI, uh, a funding option to help um, accelerate that. But, you know, we can't be raising equity at these prices, really. You know, we've got to be, we've got, we, we want to see some improvements in our share price, I'm, I'm sure the news flow, well, as I can see, the news flow comes, which is good and strong. Okay, so there's a, there's a whole bunch of kind of good news items um, in there. And like I say, it's, I guess it's very, very welcome. The share price is telling me that it has been very, very welcome, not just down to um, Valet, but also Q1 numbers um, have helped as well. And a very positive gold environment for producers. Do you think it's that kind of steady delivery of some of the moving parts which we've been talking about for a while that's going to get things going again for you or do you need something bigger we talked in the past about you know what you'd like to do on the expiration front i know you've been funding Karinga out of your own cash flow which wasn't wasn't on the to-do list but you've been doing it do you need to step that up a bit would do you think the market would forgive you at the moment if you did go and raise capital to expand the expiration component or is it just not on the cards yet to be 
to be honest, Matt, with, with, with the amount of activity we're now doing under the, under, with Valley's money, we, we couldn't cope with anything more. We're, we're absolutely screwed. We've got three rigs going. I mean, that's absolutely, you know, our exploration company, part of the company, is absolutely flat out. So, no, that's all being done by Valley, funded by Valley. It's great, you know, and, and, and the, most, the majority of those results are going to be our results. So that, no, exploration-wise, no. No, our, 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 our value adder is going to be developing Coringa, accelerating that development. Uh, at the moment, probably staying as we are, it's more than enough. But as, and say, as soon as we get our, uh, our LI in our pocket, uh, we'll be looking to accelerate uh, uh, Coringa uh, expansion, underground development, really. And the all-sorter and the crushing plant, you know, we'd like to obviously get that and have that up and running mid-next mid year. That'll be our, uh, our, our, our um, objective.